0: Our passage this week is from John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 19 to 22. So that's John 20, 19 to 22. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. These are the words of the Lord, thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, so we have a guest speaker today, which is very exciting. So we have Thomas West with us Um, and Thomas do you want to come on up and uh, you can tell us a little bit about who you are. I won't touch it. Mm. Hi Tom, Thomas. Um, It's great to have you with us, thank you so much for being here. Um, Could you just tell us a little bit about who you are, um, how you know Charlie or St Andrews and what you're doing in London?
2: It's it's really great to to be with all of you this morning. Um, From North Carolina, in the United States, uh, moved over to London about 15 months ago um, with my my family. I'll actually show you a picture of them in just a moment's time. Um, My wife Elizabeth, our two kids, our daughter Perry Elizabeth, who's seven, and our son Shepard, who's four, and as of this last Thursday, the newest member of our unit, uh, a new pup named Lulu. So um, no pictures of Lulu today. Come see me afterwards. Um, we're working um, with, with Commission Network, a church startup organization, actually based right here in Wimbledon. Um, we're working with them to start a new church community in a neighborhood called Queens Park. So that's northwest London, um, right, off, right off of uh, Bakerloo. Um, got, got to know Charlie um, in, in affiliation with Commission and um, he he didn't pay me enough to say this, but he he actually is one of the greatest guys that I've been able to meet in this last year. So, mm, I think I read that right, so.
1: (laughs) Hi, (laughs) friends. That's so exciting, thank you, Thomas. We can't wait to hear what you're gonna say. Um, So, as you guys know, uh, Charlie's been talking about our values and um, Thomas and a few of our next guest speakers are gonna be carrying along this theme of loving God's world, loving God and his world. So, talking about missions. So, that is why we have Thomas with us today. Um, let me pray for you, and then over to you. Lord, we thank you so much that you are at work in our world. Thank you that you are at work in London. Um, and we thank you for Thomas. We thank you that he's here. We pray that you would flow through his words, and that we would have ears and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, Amen.
2: Well, it's, it, is, it is really great to, to be with you this morning. Um, John chapter 20 is, uh, is where we'll be for the next few minutes, but um, l- let me go on just, just a little bit about where we just were. Um, when we're getting organized up in Queens Park, trying to figure out how to um, start this new church community, we've been doing some outreach in the neighborhood, trying to, trying to get to know some folks. And It was actually this past Christmas um, we were putting on a carol service and I, one of the first things out of my mouth right here, I want to say thank you to you. Thank you, St. Andrews Wimbledon, because you actually sent a few people from this congregation up to Queens Park to spend a Saturday in December helping our little operation just try to put one foot in front of another. So, so Pete, a few others came out. Um, I, I, I just hope that's encouraging to you um, to know that you're a part of our story. Um, from, the, from the very get-go, you guys are helping us really, really have a go in Queens Park. So, very grateful for you. i um, genuinely grateful for, for your pastor, for your vicar, um, and Charlie. I'm um, very thankful for you and the work that's going on in this church. And uh, genuinely getting to hear some stories about what's happening around Wimbledon through you is incredibly encouraging to me as, uh, as, as we're just settling in to Queens Park. So uh, the name of the church is Redeemer, Queens Park, and hopefully uh, we'll find ways to, to know and love each other and work together over the years. I want to share with you a few words today on this, on this theme from um, the Gospel of John, from the words of Jesus, I am sending you. I am sending you. Um, bef- before we get into it, let me, let me show you my family. Um, I think there might be a slide for this. Uh, my wife, Elizabeth, and then there's my daughter, uh, Perry Elizabeth, that's my son Shepard, um, again Perry's seven, she's uh, back in school tomorrow morning, um, Shepard is desperate to be around his mates again, this is us back in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, um, where we're from um, this, this past summer, no we didn't just go to a water park, it actually rained at an outdoor wedding that I was officiating and this is the aftermath of that, but um, love, love my family, um, we're, we're all very happy to be settling in. In London, well, I guess one of the reasons why we're in London is the text that we're going to have a look at right here for, for just a few minutes together. Um, I want to talk with you for just a few minutes here about the mission of God, the mission of God. And I, I know that that probably lands differently with us around the room this morning. The mission of God well, if we don't know God too well, we might be a little suspicious about what that mission is and what is he really up to and what's his agenda, right? The mission of God, um, I think, necessarily implies there is also a mission for God's church, a mission for anyone that belongs to this God. Um, Christopher Wright, um, a theologian based right here in London, um, there's a slide for this one as well. He, He said, it's not so much that God has a mission for his church, that God has a church for his mission. I find that really interesting. It's not so much that God has a mission for his church to get busy with, but it's that God has a mission, and he creates a church to come along and to join him in that mission. Well, that then would mean that you and I, we have a mission. We have a job. We have a task given to us by God. But even that might land differently with us. I have a mission. I'm going to carry out a mission in, in Wimbledon. I have a mission in London. According to, according to God, we do. But look, I've, I've sat around when someone tries to you know, share about God's mission and what God is up to and how we ought to be joining God and what God is up to. And if I could be honest with you, I've, I've left a few of those encounters pretty burdened. Not feeling empowered, not feeling encouraged to be a part of what God's doing, but honestly feeling pretty heavy, feeling a sense of guilt that there's a world in need and depends on us, so to speak. And if you leave here today with that, then this really didn't go according to plan, okay? Um, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry says, if you want to build a ship, don't drum people up to collect wood and assign them tasks and work. Rather, if you want to build a ship, a boat, if you want to build a ship, teach people to long for the immensity of the high seas. And so it is with the ways of God. The worst thing we can do is to get around each other over these next couple of weeks and just really try to drum each other up. Assign tasks and responsibilities. That won't cut it, that won't satisfy our hearts, and that really won't make much of a difference in the world. Now, I think the thing we can can be about for these next couple of weeks, the thing that's going to be safest and most encouraging for everyone, is if we can come together and if we can think about the immensity of God's heart. Oh, the high seas of His grace and what He wants to do in the world, indeed, what He is doing in the world. So let's just try to get our eyes on Jesus, huh? just a few minutes here let's just try to consider him and see what he would have for us so let's put our eyes on jesus john chapter 20 um the text was just so kindly read for us here In john 20 i think we see jesus doing four different things i see i think we see jesus meeting us where we are he met these people where they were and he meets us where we are as well i think we see jesus showing us the future Jesus showed these initial disciples the future, but I think he wants to show us the future as well. Jesus sends us into the world. He commissioned these people that he spoke with, and he commissions us today. And finally, Jesus gives us everything we need. Not something to where it's like, man, I'm so grateful for this salvation by grace. Now let me go work really, really hard for God we go with him. And he's our daily supply for every need. The context is uh, pretty clear. Um, in case in case you need r- reminding, um, Jesus shows up three days after his execution. It's kind of interesting. Jesus is nailed to a cross. Witnesses are all around. He dies a painful death. He's publicly buried. Three days later, he shows up. There's been a resurrection. And let me just share with you a few things that I can see here that I hope will be really, really encouraging to you, St. Andrew's Woburn. The first thing is this from verse 19. Jesus meets us where we are. Jesus meets us where we are. You see this right in, right in verse 19. The followers of Jesus were hiding. Now, these people, they, they feared the spiritual and political leaders of the day. They were literally ducking for cover. Their reasons were understandable because they misunderstood Jesus. Following Jesus around, they believed themselves to be marching in a new political campaign. Oh, haven't you heard? They had the new prime minister. They understood themselves to be eventual recipients of seats of honor in his cabinet. So here they go, marching him from town to town, but finding themselves marched around by him trying to prop him up, trying to find situations. But they never really understood their candidate. No, their candidate was constantly going off with words and phrases that were kind of against the customs. And this, 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 this group of advocates found out they, they weren't necessarily teaching him and leading him as much as they were actually being taught. Well, their plan is spoiled. They thought their man was headed to be the new prime minister. They figured they would have these seats of honor, yet their leader is arrested on trumped-up charges. He's placed on an illegal trial during the night. Their leader has been tortured. Their leader has been mocked. Their leader was crucified. Their leader was dead. Their leader was buried, and they're hiding behind closed doors. Their plan of success didn't really pan out. And yet Jesus came and stood among them. Not a better group of people, not a group of people that actually had his identity sorted. No, Jesus comes and stands among them and he says a word, peace be with you. If we had a little more of that Jewish heritage culture and mindset with us, we would actually understand this is a loaded phrase. He's not just coming up with a new trendy idea at this point. He's going back to something that's really, really old. We would hear that word, shalom. We would be reminded of that word from Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. We would hear from this resurrected Jesus who shows up while we're hiding in a locked door, peace be with you. That universal flourishing be with you. That wholeness be with you. Not necessarily the absence of war, but the presence of rest and perfection be with you. First thing out of his mouth, peace be with you. Peace is not something we can sort out on our own. We have lots of practical needs and challenges in our own lives, and we really can't sort it out on our own. For some of us, our tiredness when even we walk in here, it's testimony to us. Shalom is something that must be given by Jesus, and here it is on free offer for us all. Peace be with you. Okay, so that that, that, you're like that was them. Okay, he meets us where we are. Clearly, he met them where they were, but no friend, he meets us where we are today. We might not be hiding behind locked doors for fear of the Jews, but some of us are living lives of hiding. Oh, I confess to you, I am so prone to live a life of hiding. Hiding from co-workers, hiding from peers, hiding from family members, hiding from neighbors. Put your eyes on Jesus. See the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, coming and meeting people where they are. And Jesus wants to meet us where we are. With our own hesitations, with our own doubts, with our own fears, with our own reservations about Him. He meets us where we are. And He came and He stood among them. How beautiful. Notice what happens next. Verse 20. Jesus shows us the future. Shows us the future. It's what you see happening in verse 20. Participating in the mission of God only makes sense if we're first convinced with where this whole thing is headed in the end. And it's so significant that before Jesus sends these people out to do anything in the world, he gives them a picture of what the new world is going to be. And you're looking at verse 20, it's like, I'm, I'm looking for it, but like, where, where is it? After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the result of what happened, the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. He showed them his hands and his side. When you look at Jesus Christ, the resurrected Jesus Christ, you were looking at a picture of your future self. Oh, it's exciting. It's exciting. The very things about this life and this world that were meant to put you down and were meant to undo you are actually going to be your glory in the end. Getting to see his his scars, getting to see the very thing that last time they saw those scars, it unraveled their work. But this time seeing his scars, it brings their whole universe together. He shows them the future. He shows them that this world is not about getting all we can, canning all we get, and just sitting on the can. He shows us that this world is headed to a real, physical, concrete existence in the future. You you just got to follow him. You you know mission is coming, but you just got to go with him where he is. It's like this is the most important thing. We won't get the next thing until we can get this thing. So just observe, he's physical. This is a physical savior. He shows us physical hands, physical feet, physical scars, and the such. Now the Greeks and Romans, they, they didn't see this one coming because they thought the body was bad and the goal in the end is to escape it. And some of us around here might even be feeling that. I don't know. But he's ordinary as well. Some of the Jews thought that there would be a resurrection at the end of time. But if you were making this stuff up, you wouldn't make it up like this. I mean, you would make up, I mean, come on. I would probably make up resurrection. Like, we're, I don't know, we're just massive angels of light, you know. But look how ordinary he is. You read the other, like, biographical accounts in the Gospels? He eats fish. He goes for walks. He knows how to operate a barbecue. I mean, come on. He's ordinary. Like Charlie. <laughs> yeah, the other resurrection accounts tell us this is just an ordinary person. If you were making this up, then you would expect for him to be this like massive, powerful angel of light. No, but here he is. This, this physical body. You see a nail go through him. You get to see that spot a few days later. Ordinary. Like fish, and bread, and barbecues, and walks ordinary, conversations ordinary, and yet supernatural. He could walk clear through a wall somehow. He comes into locked doors, and this is where it's headed. It's going to be ordinary. It's going to be real. It's going to be concrete, right? I mean, we're not going to be sitting on a cloud, like eating a Cool Whip in a diaper. You know, it's like, no, like, like, what... It's not this ethereal existence that this thing's headed to. Like, it's more real than we can experience right now in this moment. It's more real than the person, than the experience of sitting next to a socially distanced person right now. That's what this whole thing is headed to. Um, it, it's just mind-blowing the way it just stretches us to consider, like, is that really, is that really what's coming? And I submit to you that the difference between the world as we feel it now versus the world that we're going to feel it then, the difference between seeing Jesus hanging on a cross with nails being driven into him and getting to work with him just a few days later, it is the difference between an acorn and an entire forest. It's the fulfillment of everything that we're kind of onto and we have these inklings and these, these longings and these wonderings and these suspicions like, couldn't it be more than this though? And it will. Christian, it will. I submit to you that it's going to be something like that experience some of us had from grade school. Right? Be you a woman thinking about a man or be you a man thinking about a woman. You know that person that you just knew in grade school and you just like come to see that person years later? You know? I mean, I, okay, like... A guy sees a girl from grade school, I mean, grade school's kind of, yeah, you know, and then like later on in life, you know, you're kind of out at the park, and you like, is that you? Grown and become this like entirely different creature than that grade school self. It's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> wow, you know? <laughs> or you think about the kid, you know, like he was never good at athletics. He was never good with his academics. He was only good at like picking his nose and eating his boogers. And like, you see him later on. And he's like captain of like the, the football team. And it's like, is that you? He's like, it is. You know, it's like, oh. I think that's just a taste of what's coming to us spiritually and really. Imagine heaven being a place for walking around and be like, is that you? We're like it is. And it's that feeling that oh everything we thought this could be, it was it was headed there. All we had what felt like at time were just these pathetic little acorns, though. But oh, if we could only see the forest that it was headed to, it would have made all the difference. And here he is, ordinary, physical yet supernatural, showing us the future. We're gonna walk. We're gonna sing, we're gonna dance, we're gonna eat, we're gonna drink in the kingdom of God. This is going to be our future. This is where we're going. And here's what he has for us next. He sends us into the world. He sends us into the world. So third point, Jesus sends us into the world, chapter 20, verse 21. I submit to you that this is one of the most important texts in the entire Bible. If If we could read it in Latin, You would see Jesus saying right here in this word, sending, it means missio, mission. This is what he has for you, right? He meets us where we are. He gives us a taste of what's coming. And then he puts us on mission. The thought that mission is just something that a few more fanatical or, you know, excited Christians just kind of get turned up for... um, that, that just has nothing, that's like no biblical basis like, for such thoughts. Not, not with this one, because Jesus stands before us right here and he says, my whole life embodies what it means to be sent by the Father. Or, if you wanted to hear more of the Latin paraphrase, my entire existence is what it means to be on a mission from the Father. So then he looks at the people that he meets right where they are, and he says, that I'm sending you in the same way. He says, this is what I'm all about. I embody what it is to be a sent one from the Father. I embody what it is to be on a missio from the Father. And now you, well, you're coming in as well. It's not really an invitation. It's not really like, hey, if you could ever get turned up for something like this. He just tells people this is where it is and these are going to be the terms.'" I am the sent one, and now I send you to be sent ones for me and the Father as well. Now, this mission is a dangerous rescue operation to save and restore all that's damaged by sin. Everything that Jesus was about is now the new confines for what this mission is going to be about. So you just think, well, Jesus said forgiveness of sins will be preached to all nations. Yep, and that's what we're going to follow Jesus in now. Well, Jesus also said, everything in the prophets has been fulfilled through me. Yeah, and all of the seeking justice and mercy and walking humbly with our God, now that's going to be us too. It's not primarily evangelism. It's not primarily social action. It's the whole lot. The entire life and witness of Jesus. He folds us in and he essentially says, I'm headed up to the Father. I'm going to give you the power source. You finish what I started. In London, we carry out what he started. In Wimbledon, we carry out what he started. This is his idea. He's not coming back to say, man, you guys couldn't cut it. I guess I'll have to carry it. No, he gives us his spirit and he departs. And it's with us. It's with us. How's how's Wimbledon going to get sorted? Here we are at least according to Jesus. Christian missions are unique. Christians believe the most important thing we can do is not simply getting a soul right with God, though that's the heart of it. So if this is a bike wheel, right? I mean, that's right at the center, but there are spokes that come out of it. It's radically holistic. Um, Vinith Ramachandra is uh, is a guy who holds a, a... a B.S. and a Ph.D. in um, nuclear engineering from University of London. He lives in Colombo, Sri Lanka. And uh, Ramachandra is a, a wonderful person. He's this Anglican lay theologian. Um, again, like nuclear engineer. Hello. Like that guy's kind of smart. And um, he, he, he writes a lot of just incredible like books and works just to help Christians think about like how practical the mission of God is in the world. He says it better than I ever will. Christian salvation lies not in an escape from this world, but in a transformation of this world. You wonder what our mission is about? Our mission is not one of escape. Our mission is one of transformation. You will not find hope for this physical world in any other religious system or philosophy because the biblical vision is unique. And that is why if someone says, surely there is salvation in other faiths, Ramachandra says to them, what salvation are you talking about? Not this kind of salvation. No faith holds out a promise of eternal salvation for the world like the cross and the resurrection of Jesus do. Some of you might have heard of the name uh, Johnny Erickson. Johnny Erickson taught a, a quadriplegic and a Christian. And thinking on the debate, do you think there's salvation in the other religions of the world? She would commonly say, well, there's not this kind of salvation. There might be other fanciful promises of what life is going to be like with some God. But Christianity is the only religion that promises me a new spinal cord. Come on. Flesh and bone type stuff, people. And this is what Jesus invites us into. He meets us where we're at. He shows us where this thing is headed, and he sends us into it. And finally, fourthly, Jesus gives us everything we need. Now, lest this could feel like getting drummed up, lest this could feel like, oh, well, here, here we go. No, no, no. This is not an easy mission. This is not live-for-yourself stuff. This is a campaign of redeem and restore, okay? And there is going to be some heavy lifting. I mean, there's going to be some hard and tiring days, right? Oh, but our gracious Savior, he isn't going to let us get worn out in something that he's already won and he's already finished, okay? So Jesus gives us everything we need. Let me show you these three right here. Jesus gives us everything we need. Let me conclude with this. Jesus gives us peace, he gives us power, and he gives us purpose. In order to walk in what he's calling us to peace and power and purpose. Let's scroll through these and take some time to reflect. He gives us peace. I mean, that word of shalom, he keeps going on about. I mean, resurrected from the dead, and the first word out of his mouth is shalom. It's got to be significant. When the resurrected Jesus continues to say it, it must be very important. And he walks around just saying, peace, 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 peace. It's a pronouncement that he makes over somebody, you know. You're an aspiring artist and you're sitting in the studio and just going for it. And people come through day after day. They're like, this is rubbish. This is rubbish. I mean, that'll have an effect on you, you know. And here's this one. Peace. 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 It has an effect. It shapes an identity. We realize, man, we're these peacemakers that he actually told back in Matthew 5. If we can hold the line here, if we can just believe this, we'll not only overcome, we'll inherit the whole world yeah because it's going to be real and physical peace christian this means even though that bad things come your way they're going to work out for good christians can now be these, these people that don't seem to fit with this created reality as much they say the lower you lay, lay me the higher he'll raise me you know no matter how bad it gets against me he's the one that's given me peace it's peace it's peace next it's power Oh, it's power. What is resurrection power? Well, it's a massive difference maker. But first, we gotta come to terms on Jesus, right? We gotta get the terms. Who is he? Is Jesus just a little confidence boost? Is Jesus just a little inspiration? No. He's the difference maker. And the way you can tell someone has met the risen Lord is that you start to see real changes and growth in their life over time. Over time. Well, St. Andrews, this just means is the spirit is at work, As that spirit that could raise Jesus from the dead, and now that's going to resurrect all of creation through his followers. Well, is that spirit is at work in your life and in mine? This means St. Andrews Wimbledon is going to look different year to year, but St. Andrews Wimbledon d- doesn't get to look the same. This means that all of us on a personal level, and this might affect the way we all interact together, is... We're going to be less grumpy than we were for the rest of this year than we were for the start of this year. Because the Spirit is here. It means year to year to year we're going to become more generous and open-handed people instead of more closed and greedy and protect ourselves people. Because the resurrected Spirit is here. We're going to be more and more and more just kind of ready and willing and going with just telling people our story of salvation than we are just playing it close and kind of getting behind the door and turning the key and locking it because the Spirit is here. And if we need to see like, man, what what does this look like on a practical level? We just turn the few pages and we read the book of Acts. And we see these very men that were scared for their lives. Now they start to preach in the open air at great risk to themselves and their families. What happened? Jesus came and he stood behind a locked door. He met them where they were. He showed them where it's headed. He told them what they were going to do and he gave them peace and then he gave them great power. And finally, this lands for all of us in purpose. God has always been about this one thing, friend. It's one of the easiest ways to just understand the storyline of the Bible. He's always about this one thing. Our Father is always about this one thing creating a people for Himself that He can reveal Himself to, and He can reveal Himself through that bunch of people to a watching community, city, and world. What's His purpose for this? It's this. God is always about forming a people to be his representatives in communities and cities in the world. And this is going to be a people that he's going to reveal himself to. But, oh, as he reveals himself to this people, he's going to show up in this people's life through witness and mission. And you're like, ah, okay, but I'm just not, I'm just not there yet. Like, how could just knowing I'm on a mission affect the way I, I do my job, I stay faithful to my spouse, I, I continue to wait on the spouse, like, so what? I mean, if it just doesn't come home yet, consider with me this, and I'll close. Imagine two women were given the same job, okay? Two women are given the same job. They are to work in boring, tedious drab conditions, and they are to carry out the most insanely boring task for 80 hours a week for one complete year with no holiday. Except there's one difference between these two women. One of these women is pulled aside and she's told, at the end of this year, you're going to be paid 15,000 pounds for this. While While the other woman was taken aside and she was told, At the end of this year, you're going to receive 15 million pounds for this. Now think about the difference of purpose. It's the same boring work. It's the same tedious job. It's the same day in and day out drab conditions. It's going at it for 80 hours a week with no holiday or break. But these two women have a different purpose that's being worked out in their hearts and that different purpose being worked out in their hearts will make for something in the beginning that looks like it's going the same, and it will turn out to be drastically different attitudes as they go at it. Well, the, the one who knows only 15,000 pounds is coming. I mean, that's nice, but it's 80 hours a week for crying out loud with no break. And I mean, a few months in, she's going to get tired. She's going to start fumbling, and, and maybe she'll just duck out and quit. But the one who knows 15 million pounds is coming she will soar through those menial and tedious tasks and how much more so with us we've been let in on what the end is from the beginning we know where this thing is headed in the end from the center point of the story we don't just have these ideas but we get a personal experience with the Savior that has invaded each of our stories and he might even be invading someone's right now He comes into our situation. He addresses us where we are. He lets us in on where this thing's headed. He gives us these words that we can't even totally sort out, that we just believe in the end. It's going to be better than what it is now. He gives us this peace that just helps us keep going. He gives us power like we were able to stay faithful. And there's a deep purpose that's being worked out. It's, it's true. It's not so much that God has a mission for his church in the world, but God has a church for his mission in the world. St. Andrew's Wimbledon, when I think about you, I think about a church that is actively participating and joining Jesus in that good work. May you excel in doing so. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, we thank you for these words from John chapter 20. We thank you for this resurrected Jesus pray that you would help us, help this to come home in each of our hearts right now. We know a relationship with you really depends on hearing you and trusting you and obeying you, so Father, would you help each of us to come home to whichever part of that we need right now. For those of us that just need to hear, would you help us to hear? Father, for those of us that you're you're pressing right now, that we would just trust you, that we just have faith in you in a specific area or dynamic of our life, help us to have it. Father, for any specific ways that we need to obey you this day and this week, would you give it to us for your glory? Father, I bless you for this church. I thank you for the the leadership in this church. Father, I thank you for the members that are here today. Father, we remember the brothers and sisters that can't even be with us now, but Father, I pray that you would do such a work in this community, your prized possession of St. Andrews Wimbledon that Wimbledon and London the country and the region and the world would look differently as your glory emanates from this place through person after person going about their work tuned into your great purpose. Use this church, God, for your glory. In Jesus' name,
0: amen.